Hey everyone, welcome back to the Live with Rachel podcast. I'm Rachel and today we're going to be continuing studying through the book of Romans and specifically today we're going to be reading through Romans chapter 7 verses 7 to 13. So to recap, we just started to look at Romans 7, but in the last chapter, just for context, we read about how Paul defends the doctrine of justification by faith and he reminds us that we too have been crucified with Jesus, meaning that we are now dead to sin, meaning also that we should stop doing bad things. And because of that truth, we need to surrender our whole selves to God for his glory each and every day. In the last episode, we just started to look at how exactly we shouldn't be doing bad things because it's one thing to say we should never do bad things ever again, which also is kind of impossible because as humans, we are flawed and broken and we will always make mistakes. But in this chapter, Paul tries to talk about how you shouldn't be leaning on legalism in order to have that as like a standard measure of goodness and holiness and like therefore get you into heaven. But basically, In the last episode, we briefly looked at why legalism sucks and is actually harmful and isn't the goal of God's word. But in fact, the law, the Old Testament law, came to us to lead us to Jesus and it points to Jesus. And we are to use God's law to know Jesus more and for us to grow in love for him more, not in order for us to do better. So I touched on it a little bit in the last episode, but in today's section, we're going to be seeing how Paul's answer was to the people who might have said to him, well then, like if the law isn't really needed anymore, like why do we still use it? Why do we still have it? Why do we still read the Old Testament? Like things like that. So let's get right into it. We'll be reading verses 7 to 13 in the New Living Translation and it says this, well then, am I suggesting that the law of God is sinful? Of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin. I would have never have known that coveting is wrong if the law had not said you must not covet. But sin used this command to arouse all kinds of covetous desires within me. If there were no law, sin would not have that power. At one time, I lived without understanding the law. But when I learned the command not to covet, for instance, the power of sin came to life and I died. So I discovered that the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought spiritual death instead. Sin took advantage of those commands and deceived me. It used the commands to kill me. But still, the law itself is holy and its commands are holy and right and good. How can that be? Did the law which is good cause my death? Of course not. Sin used what was good to bring out my condemnation to death. So we can now see how terrible sin really is. It uses God's good commands for its own evil purposes. So Paul explains here that we need the law because the law is a mirror to us. It reveals our inner selves and it shows us how dirty we really are, meaning, you know, just how much we just don't measure up. And now you might read all of this and you see all of it and you might think that this is really unfair. But I think the illustration of the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10 verses 17 to 27 is actually a really good example here because it shows the use of the law to reveal sin And it actually shows the man his need for a savior. The rich young ruler, if you haven't actually read it, the rich young ruler is very outwardly moral, but on the inside, he's never actually faced the sins that he has. He's never cheated. He's never stole, lied or disrespected his parents or any of that. But he certainly has coveted before. So when Jesus tells him to go and sell his possessions and give it to the poor, he just couldn't do it. And he went away feeling depressed. So the commandment of do not covet, you know, also meaning do not envy, had been revealed to him, like how much of a sinner he actually was. But instead of admitting his sin and turning away, he ends up turning away from Jesus and he rejects Jesus and goes away unchanged. 
So now let's read verses 8 to 9, and it says this, But sin used this command to arouse all kinds of covetous desires within me. If there were no law, sin would not have that power. At one time I lived without understanding the law, but when I learned the command not to covet, for instance, the power of sin came to life and I died. So for context, before believing in Jesus, Paul was actually a very devout Pharisee, and he sought to obey the law very strictly. Anyway, Think about the fact that since we naturally have a sinful nature, the law is bound to bring up that nature in a similar way that like a magnet attracts metal. There's just something in us that makes us want to rebel whenever a law is given. Or like when someone's cooking and they put the plate down in front of you and they say, okay, well, don't touch the plate. It's very hot. And yet you touch it anyway. Christians who try to live by rules and regulations and rituals will only discover that their legalistic system will only draw out more and more sin and will only create more problems. So if you actually read the book of Galatians, you'll see that the churches in Galatia were very, very legalistic. And they also experienced a whole world of problems because legalism doesn't make you more spiritual. It just makes you more sinful and broken. And why is that? Because the law brings out our sinful side. Like I said, it's like a mirror. Okay, so now moving on to verses 10 to 11, it says this. So I discovered that the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought spiritual death instead. Sin took advantage of those commands and deceived me. It used the commands to kill me. So I also want to read out quickly Galatians 3 uh, verse 21, which says in the New Living Translation, we're just going to compare these verses. So it says this. Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us a new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. So no, the law can't give us new life. And that's exactly the point. It just shows us the rebellious person that they're guilty and condemned. And this also explains why the legalistic Christians and legalistic churches today, like if you look around and you see them, they don't grow. The people in them don't grow and they don't show spiritual fruit most of the time. They're not growing in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or self-control, which are all fruit of the Spirit. And this is also another reason why I think Gen Z and millennials don't really gravitate towards orthodox churches these days that have have pride in their high standards and they try to get them to live up to these uh, standards in their own energy. As a new Christian grows, they'll come into contact with various viewpoints of the Christian life, and they can read books, attend conferences, listen to Christian music, go to church services, whether online or in person. They can maybe watch Christian YouTubers, pastors, or theologians, and they can just, in general, learn a great deal of information. However, if they're not careful, they will likely to start following one particular human leader or author and accept only their teaching as law. And like that's a danger that we really need to be aware of because this is another form of legalism and this is what kills spiritual growth. No one human teacher can ever take the place of Jesus. No book can ever take the place of the Bible also. And, you know, people can give us information, but the Holy Spirit is actually the one who can shine a light into what is real and help us to understand spiritual truths. So now let's move on to the last two verses, verses 12 to 13. It says this, But still the law itself is holy, and its commands are holy and right and good. But how can that be? Did the law, which is good, cause my death? Of course not. Sin used what was good to bring out my condemnation to death. So we can see how terrible sin really is. It uses God's good commands for its own evil purposes. So more often than not, you'll find that people who don't believe in God will still know that there is such a thing as sin 
or bad things or immoral things, but they just don't know the full extent of the sinfulness of what the sin really is, if that makes sense. And honestly, most Christians probably don't realize the true nature of sin either. Like, it's not on the forefront of our minds. I mean, I forget sometimes too. But when we start excusing sin and we start changing our words for sin into, quote, mistakes or, quote, weaknesses or anything like that, we're just making sin look less bad than it really is and less wicked. The less we see how wicked sin really is, the more we'll never really want to oppose it and the, the more we won't really live in God's strength because we're just excusing sin. So if you want to excuse sin, we need to oppose it and live in victory in God's strength. So to summarize this section, Paul's arguing that the law isn't sinful. It's actually good. It's actually holy and just, but it actually reveals sin in us and brings out sin in us. And this is actually a good thing because without the law, we wouldn't be able to see sin for what it really is and that it's really, really bad. It's wicked. And no matter what society tries to tell us these days or tell us that it's not that bad or it's worse or they just try to normalize sin, which is actually really, really bad. They try to lie to us and tell us that it's actually good instead of wicked and sinful. But the reality is, and the truth is, sin is exceedingly sinful. The problem isn't the Bible or God or the law. The real problem is our nature, our sinful, broken nature. And this is why we need Jesus. And all of this prepares us for the next section, which we'll be getting into next time. So I hope you guys like this section. I hope that it makes sense. I'm trying to make these episodes a little bit smaller. So we're breezing through it. I can't wait to get into verses 14 to 25 next time. And I really hope you have a great rest of your week. And I hope you understand how legalism sucks. So I'll see you everyone. Bye. Bye.